The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. And welcome back to the live broadcast. We're here at the Wonder Woman Tech Conference in lovely Long Beach. Here with April J. Ford, Robert Cellino, and our next guest, Kaki Flynn. Guys, thank you and welcome to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, it seems like we're on a roll here speaking on NASA. Just before the break, we took a lunch break here. We had Deanna Pomerantz and her husband, Will Pomerantz. They're both in the same industry. I believe Deanna works at JPL uh, for NASA, working on the rover mission, and her husband, Will, for Virgin Galactic. So now we have Kaki Flynn, who spoke on two different topics here at the conference. One of them was Think Like an Astronaut, and the other one was We Are All Astronauts. That's right. Tell us about the talk. So the first talk I did was with astronaut Nicole Stotts, and that's pretty amazing, right? Because astronauts are super cool. Uh, Our talk... I'm an expedition guide and Nicole's an astronaut, so we have that in common, being in remote environments with people and have to perform at a very high level. Mm -hmm. And so that was the focus of our conversation. Nicole is accomplished astronaut. Uh, She's been on the International Space Station. She was on the last flight back to Earth that the space shuttle made. Wow. So that's pretty intense, right? Very. And she also currently still holds the world record for any female for saturation dives in her work with NEMO, most people don't know that NASA also has uh, an ocean program, and it's called NEMO, N-E-E-M-O, and she holds that record. Wow, right on for her. That's right. And then we we are all astronauts, uh, just like the Star Trek Enterprise. If you look at that ship, right, you've got Captain Kirk, but you've got a whole host of people. A whole crew. Uh, You've got medical experts, you've got telepresence, you've got data. And so we had a panel that matched that. We had a drone expert. We had the military liaison. Uh, we had a government expert. We had a telepresence expert in surgery, telesurgery, mm-hmm. and all the things that need to happen to make uh, a successful a, mission. Yeah, yeah. A, a successful mission in space and then Spaceship Earth work. Yeah. Well, tell us about high-stress s- environment and situations, and it could also be conflict if you're having that disagreement with somebody on what should be done in a mission. I mean, talk about a little bit of those aspects when it comes to leadership and high stress situations. Yeah, that's really important. And Nicole and I talked about that yesterday. Uh, she mentioned that for astronaut training, and it's, same, it's the same thing for me as an expedition guide, our training is all about teamwork. Right. You spend more time working on that than you do focusing on the, the technical aspect. Yeah, yeah. The, pra- the mm-hmm. technical aspect of space or the technical aspect, like for me, it'd be you know, how to tie a rope or how to build an anchor for rock climbing. And for her, it's the things unique to the environment of an astronaut in space. She's like, it's all about how to communicate uh, and how, all about how to manage conflict. Uh, and Nicole had a great thing to say about that. She's like, Dude, that's where you have to be clear on what your mission is and that everybody's moving forward to make that mission happen. Yeah. If you're clear on what the mission is mm-hmm. and you're with people who are all operating at the same level, then uh, personal things like conflict are going to move to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not going to have petty things come up. Right. Because right. Everybody's, so everybody has to be all in. Right. on that mission or it's not going to work. Right. And when you say, um, you know, there's, you spent a lot of time and emphasis as an expedition guide working on 
working together and collaborating as a team, what are some practical strategies and tips that you see that we can implement for those of us who are astronauts here just in our everyday life, not really in space? That is a great question. I had a conversation last summer uh, with a group that was handling, so, so there's some satellite projects that NASA and then also the private, private space industry mm -hmm. are doing. Like they have a group in Hawaii on some of the volcanoes, right? And they're putting these groups in these remote environments and they're practicing the Mars environment. Mm. And they, uh, they mentioned that they had some struggles a few weeks in. And they had used techniques from Outward Bound, a place where I've been an instructor, and also Knowles, an organization where I've worked with Knowles instructors. Here's a practical mm. thing over here on Earth. As Knowles instructors, uh, I know Knowles instructors and then Outward Bound instructors, so we'll wake up in the morning and we have a group of 12 people whose lives we're responsible for. It is a very common situation where you and I might show up. Uh, you know, I might be from Florida and then my co-instructor is from might be from Africa or somewhere from across the United States. I've never seen this person before in my life and we're about to be responsible for the lives for that, of 12 right. people in a remote right. environment, right? And so ch here's a simple thing. Uh, I've worked in the corporate world and I've worked as an expedition guide. Expedition guide, we have to check in in the morning. We check in at night, check in what we're, how we're gonna do the day, how we're gonna share responsibilities, uh, and then we'll check in at the end of the day, how did this go? How did that go, right? And we're very clear about it. One of the things I noticed that happens in the corporate environment is you might have a six-month check-in. Like if an expedition guide, if we wait, A, the expedition's <laughs> over, but if you wait <laughs> right. two weeks, right. oh. you're gonna have, it's just, it would be so irresponsible to do wow. it that way. And so I would, having, and having, Worked in the corporate world, then as an expedition guide, and then back in the corporate world, I'm like, they need daily check-ins, hmm. right? Uh, where, uh, or even rock climbing, right? So if we're, if, we're, if we're responsible for people's lives rock climbing, do you guys know the term on belay? On and belay. belay's on, very simple. It just means you check your gear. I've got oh, you, yeah. and you've mm -hmm. got me, and we're looking at our equipment, and we're keeping each other safe, and we take it seriously. We're having fun, but we take that base safety very mm -hmm. seriously. Right. On belay, belay on. Belay on. Climbing. Climbing. Climb on. Climb on. Yeah. You've got my rope. Yeah. I trust you. You bet. Uh, I notice that sometimes in the corporate world, kind of the weirdness of people being in separate cubicles and uh, an environment where you might be physically safe, but we forget about emotional safety. Emotional mm -hmm. safety is super important. There's this reward for very passive communication that you can't, I can't be, well, you can't be rock climbing. I'm like, you know, if I need the, if I need the rope, I'm like, rope. Or there's, a, or there's yeah. something falling, I'm like, rock. Right. Something's coming at you and it's not a good, you know. That's the communication. Yeah, the right. communication yeah. thing right. where I find in the corporate world, there's this reward for saying, you know, I, I kind of like it when you move out of the way if there's something falling out of the sky. <laughs> or you tell me some anecdote. Like, I heard once there was this guy that moved when something was falling out of the sky. Right, right. <laughs> like, what? So I, I find that I struggle with that style of communication now that I'm back out of the wilderness. I'm like, you bet, do you need something? Yeah. Because you got to say it. <laughs> um, and if you're falling, yeah. you're falling. Fall on. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, and so I would, I would like to see daily check-ins versus these six-month review mm -hmm. periods. Uh, and just clear communication. So here's a here's a, a great mantra from the outdoors is using smart goals, specific, oh yeah, measurable, measurable. Probably, yeah. yeah, achievable, mm -hmm. relevant, and timely. Right. 
will say that. So, so I'm going to actually go back to that Mars environment. One of the things that came up at this, it was a NASA conference with a lot of people from the private space industry. One of the things they mentioned was that uh, one of the tests started to fail about a month in. Mm. Right, people weren't getting along. They were fighting. There was some issue with, uh, and this, uh, this wasn't. It was a private group, not a, a NASA group. And I said, "Did you use your daily check-ins?" And they're like, "Well, yeah, we kind of stopped doing the thing." Right? They stopped believing mm -hmm. that that mattered. Uh, and it can happen when there's. I've definitely had that happen with instructors. Where if I have a good friend show up, and we're co-instructors, right? Mm -hmm. Those have, those have ended up being trips where there were some problems because we're like, we got this. We don't need to do the, the check-in. You know, we don't need to do the basics anymore. Yeah, kind of lower, like, lower your guard. Yeah, yeah we're, we're too dialed for that. And uh, we, we just weren't clear about expectations of each other. Right. Uh, we were making assumptions about each other's experience. And, and that's an environment like that. for conflict. Right. An environment for conflict, yeah. And so that was a, such a good lesson hearing that from uh, the group that was doing the, the uh, mock-up of a, of a Mars environment in Hawaii, how they mm -hmm. failed. And I could totally see that as an instructor. Uh, and then my own personal experiences where when I have had instructors where we're just dialed, we just do it. It's like a pilot. I mean, are any of you guys right. pilots for airplanes? I, I know pilots. You know pilots. Yeah. They always do their checklist, oh, right? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you, no matter how awesome of a pilot you are, yeah. you start with the, you know, you do the wheels, Everything. every single thing, right? There's like mm -hmm. a, I think there's like a 14, 20 point something 20, I don't know how many points, but I know it's Yeah, and you do it. They take it every, seriously. Every time. Yeah. They take every, it seriously. Every time. time. And so uh, it's such a great lesson to check your physical safety, but the emotional safety. You're, you're just looking out for your instructor, and then you're going to be able to look out for your group, mm -hmm. those check-ins. Okay. Now, segue into your second topic on we are all astronauts. Um, what were some of the questions that came out of the audience as far as um, implementing some of those strategies that astronauts use? Since, like you said, we are all astronauts here on Earth and not just um, in the skies. Yeah, so we are all astronauts here on Earth. One of the biggest things that comes out of that, because I'll get people asking me all the time, how do I work for NASA? I'm like, I I've been able to do these panels and workshops because I created my own position. Oh. And I get the impression that NASA likes that. They t of course, they're, you know, they're working in, uh, like Devin Newman, who's the head of NASA, just gave a talk. And she said, uh, if you say that you want to do something that's impossible, we're in. Mm -hmm. Right? We love that. Mm -hmm. We like hearing that. And so, of course, they're going to like people that create Our their own things. Right. Yeah. And so uh, I'll, I'll people ask me, you know, how to work for NASA? Like, I'll go to the NASA website, and I'll look at the jobs, but I just don't see anything that fits me. I'm like, well, then build. There's so many opportunities to build your own job. Um, for example, for the telepresence space. Mm -hmm. So my friend Fuji Lei, who works for the XPRIZE Foundation, she has a high-end medical background. She mm -hmm. has a high-end virtual reality background. She's with MIT and Harvard. Oh, Super well. smart, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so uh, uh, she could use that knowledge to move into virtual reality in that space and partner mm -hmm. with NASA. Uh, but you could also have somebody that may not have that formal background mm -hmm. in schooling. Um, like, let's see who. Oh, I don't know. Dean Kamen, one of the greatest inventors of all time. Doesn't ha he doesn't have a college degree, does he? I don't think so. I don't think he finished college. No, I'm talking about, he's, he's known for Segway, 
But he's done so oh. much more than that. He's done way much more than that. We just that we've just focused on that one invention. But he actually has uh, uh, he's done inventions in the, in the mm-hmm. world of uh, um, bionics bionic prosthetics yeah. and things like, well, like that. Well, so like most inventions, it's, that wasn't just that one thing. Yeah, like yeah they did like 50 million things before that. <laughs> yeah, he's done 50 million things. <laughs> so he's, he's a great example uh, as an inventor. So NASA recently opened up all their patents, right? And they actually uh, have a website where you can go and look at all of their patents. So a great example would be if you look at the spacesuit, you know, it has the mirrored cover mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. You may look at that technology and be like, wow, I want to make some sunglasses for people or even do some completely mm-hmm. different use for that technology than NASA even thought of. Uh, you if you own. can yeah. use that patent, you can partner with NASA uh, and then you do, and then it's just a shared. Right. Uh, yeah, and That's so you can really just partner with NASA from several different <laughs> yeah. aspects. Of course, yeah. That, so it helps Spaceship Earth, <laughs> right? Right, and so or even uh, you know, so you don't have to be Dean Kamen or my friend Fuji Lei, who are great, uh, you know, inventors with that with that heavy background. You, you know, su- doing the sunglasses or things like that, that's achievable for mm-hmm. the, the much more average person, right? right. So what would you rad. say to young women who are, you know, like just entering high school or, you know, in, the, in that realm of kind of figuring out where they're going to go with their life to, uh, you know, focus on some aspects in order to maybe be at NASA someday? Is there, you know, some things that they look for? Uh, obviously, they look for that creativity side like you just spoke about, but uh, from a traditional schooling perspective, is there one main focus like STEAM or something that they should be looking at? Yeah, they definitely should. So you're talking to someone who I, I did not do well at all in the traditional uh, sense of school. And I mentioned that yesterday. I'm like, I'm the one that put the panel on. Uh, and I did. I had horrible grades at Florida. I went, went to Florida State. And then, uh, uh, well, my school background's a longer. It's a long story. Let's put it that way. It's a long story. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, I did horribly in the traditional school system. But I'm like, look at me. I just put mm-hmm. on two panels with NASA, and I've actually put on multiple ones, and everyone on the panel has, like, five PhDs, and they've been to space and done all these things, right? Yeah. And so my recommendation for the girls that want to get involved in NASA is right now there are programs pretty, not preschool quite yet, but junior high, high school, there's ways that they can already start working with NASA. Uh, oh. There's a space apps challenge that's a really well done challenge that's done with NASA. It's, it's become global in scale. Mm. And so that gets you, like they held it at Pasadena at JPL. So you can go mm. to JPL and do this hackathon. You have a lot of the top people from NASA that show up there, right? Uh, and if you don't have a space apps, the NASA space apps in your city, then you can start one. In your high school, it's super simple. Doesn't require a lot of money. You know, basically have to have access to a laptop, and you can and you can do it, right? And so I would tell them to do that. Uh, get st- get jump in right away. You can do that. You can do uh, um, yeah. There's a lot of hackathons that that NASA does that they can jump in on. Right. Uh, but and otherwise, any STEAM program, first robotics is outstanding. That's the Dean. So Dean Kamen runs that as well. 
that's international. Yeah. Your and getting plugged into events like this. I mean, upstairs we also right. have Wonder the kids. Yes. Um, kids section. When I say kids, it's also teens um, upstairs with the workshops. And it gives them the opportunity to listen to the panelists and meet other um, engineers or astronauts and any, you know, particular in that field that they can ask those direct questions. Like, hey, how did you do it? So yeah. Wonder Women in Tech is a great way to get tied in. And I met a bunch of the kids. I, and what was interesting about that is you, you, you really get to see the importance of having a mentor. So for mm -hmm. me as a kid, I mentioned I didn't have good grades. My favorite thing to do is to build airplanes, build model airplanes. Mm. Uh, now, if you're a girl in the South, in a small town in the South, yeah, pretty much. I, I had, so, so long story <laughs> short, in high school for graduation, I had a teacher, you could pick you know, who you wanted to walk with at graduation, mm -hmm. whatever. I had a teacher that had to assign me someone to walk with me at graduation, like the geeky weird kid building uh. airplanes, right? Like no one wanted to walk with me at graduation. Aww. And so in hindsight, when I look at that, I just needed a mentor, right? right? To show you the way, right? Yeah, someone to show me the way. They didn't have the st STEAM programs that you have now that are mm -hmm. outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, and even when I went to talk to the kids that, are, that showed up for the STEAM camp, they were still... Because you're allowed to be a kid, right? They're still kids. And it wasn't until I brought out the astronaut suit and that kind of drew them in and they put the suit on that I could have more conversations right. with them. So I'm like, man, you really... Uh, so my advice for getting girls in STEAM in, the way to make that happen is for women my age, to really, you really have to reach out to them. Reach out. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, like the way to get those... My advice to the girls is I'm actually going to talk to the women and say... You, you can't even just do a STEAM program. You have to be really proactive and, you, you know, really get those girls engaged. And it's not even enough just to start a camp. Like, you, you really have to go talk, you know, do outreach. Right, right. Uh, and do everything you can yeah. to Because they them. may not know what's available to them as far as opportunities unless you show them. Like you said, there's yeah. an outreach to show them to get them engaged and to create that dialogue and that conversation and see what's possible for them. Yeah, and there is, uh, and you, yeah, you, like you need a passionate teacher mm -hmm. who might who might become engaged in one of these hackathons or one of right. these programs. Uh, I just spent a week at the space symposium uh, in uh, Colorado Springs, where I took a group of AP physics kids with classes I never would have passed in high school, by the way. But I took a group of some of the top physics students in the United States, mm -hmm. and we competed in a national competition at the space symposium put on by the Air Force. Okay. And it was, they had a passionate AP physics teacher that did the initial work to get those kids uh, tied in. Okay, so in closing, Kaki, where can our audience find you? Are you on social media, Twitter or Facebook? What are, what are your handles? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Kaki Flynn. Okay. That's the way to find me, K-A-K-I-F-O-Y-N-N. Right on, I appreciate your time with us today on voiceamerica.com. Yeah, so dare mighty things, people. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back from Wonder Woman Tech in a few minutes. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 